0: hello hello okay yeah yeah all right yeah <laughs> i think we're good okay cool. levels are fine
1: <coughs> Yeah. get the right. cops out
0: um yeah all right give me that five four three Hello
1: everyone and welcome to this week's episode of the Top 5 Report, the podcast that continues to wander around the forest looking for those cool holiday doors. My name is Drew, I'll be your host for the evening. Along with me, as always, is my brother Peter. Howdy. Um, this is...
0: Uh, how How about this? Have you come down from Comic-Con yet? <laughs> to an extent, I feel like there's not a lot of news that has happened outside of Comic-Con, so I'm still... I'm still in Comic-Con mode. I'm still reminiscing about those new trailers that we got and stuff like that. What's messed up about Comic-Con, even though,
1: remember how I said last week that I feel like Marvel overshadowed so much stuff I had to, like, dig for all the extra stuff? I feel like there wasn't enough extra stuff, and it was just Marvel happened. Like, we have a a ton of news to talk about tonight, but it was like, none of it
0: matters because Marvel happened. you know. That's what I mean? true. Marvel was the big draw, and then there are a lot of little things that were in the nooks and crannies of Comic-Con. Con- Con- you know, all the little like trailers and stories, but it is like, I think Marvel did cast a big shadow over the convention yeah, as a whole. It really which did. is really what we all expected, but I think there oh, were some yeah. good surprises. Absolutely. In there too. So if you guys, we're not going to talk Marvel
1: anymore tonight, because <laughs> go and listen to last week's episode because that is all Marvel phase for. Um but before we get into our news and talk the remainder of
0: Comic Con stuff that we found out about, uh, have you watched anything? <laughs> I honestly haven't had much time to watch anything new. I've actually been working on some art stuff which I'll update the audience about later. Um so mostly it's honestly but just been more JoJo's bizarre adventures. <laughs> so oh, there's some really okay. funny things I've noticed in the series, um, which I could probably lay out really quick. But one of the things the series does is the uh, author was really into classic rock but I guess this is a manga that started in the 80s so it was just like current rock music sure. at that time but uh, he named a lot of characters after like rock bands like there's a character in the show that whose name is literally Robert E.O. Speedwagon for example <laughs> and there's oh, this right. so, so like as soon as I saw that I was like okay I see what's going on and now I'm watching it and I'm just looking for all the little like musical like homages in there And there's this really funny one because uh, there's this one character who he's talking about how he learned this sort of like... uh I don't know how to explain it. Like this sort of like life energy that they use to fight people. It's almost like the force, but it's not. But he's talking about like how, you, how he learned his ways in, in this power. And he's telling the story about how he traveled the world. And he ended up going to, to Tibet. And he met up with these Tibetan monks and uh, trained with the Tibetan monks. And the guy who taught him the ways of this power, his name was Tom Petty. <laughs> I was like, "Are you kidding me?" Like, Tom Petty is a Tibetan monk, and it's just funny to me because I know, in like originally this being released in Japanese, people probably didn't think anything of that. But I watch it. I'm like, "Really, the Tibetan monk's name is Tom Petty? Are you kidding me?" And it's just hilarious in that way. But otherwise, awesome. I'm still enjoying that series. I think it's really good. I think the, I don't know if I, if this is like just because it's my shiny new toy, like the new thing that I'm watching, but. I feel like the artwork in that series is one of the best, like if not the best, like anime I've watched as far as like detail and stuff like that. The animation's a little stiff here and there, but just how detailed it is, it just looks awesome, you know. So uh, that's pretty much it from my end. So alrighty, Um, so I
1: watched Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Okay, awesome. Yeah, how'd that go? Um, I, I if you remember, if you've been listening to the show, if this is your first time listening to the show. You're gonna find out right now that I was very excited to for this movie from the beginning. Yeah. Um, if you've been listening for a while, I talked about this show at the beginning of 2019. This is one of the movies that I was very excited to see. Um, finally, it's here. This is the ninth film by Quentin Tarantino. Okay. I think um, the movie is very long. It's about it's just shy of three hours. It does not feel like that, which is awesome. Yeah. It feels about like about a two-hour movie. Um, my overall review is that this movie is a masterpiece. <laughs> okay. On many, many levels. Um, just writing and directing aside, the movie's a masterpiece. But the movie really dives into the state of Hollywood in 1969... Right about the time of the Manson murder. Mm-hmm. Um, and the way the story is told, it's, it's a really, really clever way of telling the story, but I was blown away at, and we heard, and there was like behind the scenes stories of them having to transform downtown Hollywood, modern day, into 1969. Right. Hollywood. Yeah. And I was blown away by how it all looked
0: physically. It was a... Cool. St- Do do you know? Did they do that mostly with CGI, or did they have to recreate like a brand new set? From what I understand, they
1: recreated a lot
0: of stuff. It was awesome. It was
1: incredible. On top of that, there is some very cool old school filming techniques. And if you know how camera work works on movies, there is a lot of like old school film techniques that they did in camera work wise. Mm -hmm. There's some really beautiful shots. There is one amazing camera shot um, that's probably one of my favorite scenes from the movie. um, Where, so not to spoil the movie, but it's about two actors. It's about... To act an actor and a stunt man and what's going on with them during all the stuff that happens so you actually get to see the actor shoot a scene on set okay and you get to see this cool camera trick happen and then they mess up and they have to do another take so they have to readjust the camera so you get to see the camera shot twice once in reverse it is so beautiful how it's laid out it was okay. just, it was amazing That's awesome. um, but they took such painstakingly detailed uh, efforts into making this like Detail oriented to 1969. 1969 as a physical place, as a fi- as the film industry, as a uh, style of film, mm. as, like everything, so recreated, so like focused on a specific era. It was astounding. Yeah. Um, there's another scene where a character goes into a movie theater to watch a movie that they're in, mm. but they're the actor playing a character that is in a movie. So you're actually seeing the actual a juxtaposition of actual footage from the real movie. Okay. Juxtaposed with some stuff of seeing like behind the scenes stuff with that movie with the modern day actor playing that it was, it blew me away. And I know that's hard to explain, but when you see the movie, it's just beautiful. Like hands down, it's just beautiful. Um, I've been thinking about this movie, so I saw it on Tuesday. I haven't been able to stop thinking about the movie. Um, It just completely stayed with me. It's so good. It definitely ranks as one of my favorite Tarantino films it's fantastic.
0: Okay,
1: um, neat. So, yeah, it's an absolute
0: masterpiece. I think um, since this one is, like, based around a true story, this I'm more excited about this Tarantino movie than maybe his last few that just kind of seemed a little more random. And, like, I'm really excited to eventually see this one. But, yeah, everything you're saying just sounds awesome. So. Right. So I
1: I absolutely loved it. I don't want to rave too much about it because otherwise I'm going to get into heavy spoiler material yeah. until you get a chance to see it. so.
0: Does some of the camera work? Like, is there stuff that they do that you just can't figure out how they actually did? No,
1: it... I was, so the two camera tricks that I've ever seen in my life that I can't figure out how they did it are the one scene from Kill Bill. Yeah. And then there's a scene in the movie called Children of Men. It's a car scene. Okay. Um, and if you've ever seen the movie Children of Men, you probably know the car scene I'm talking about, but it's a sequence where the camera's in the car, and the way they do the cam the way they handle the camera pan, I don't understand how they did it. I could probably figure it out if I really wanted to, but I can't understand how they did it. <laughs> um and you and when you realize what's happening, you'd have the same reaction, like, wait a minute, how'd this work? <laughs> I was waiting for something like that. Yeah. But my brain was kind of like so focused on the story that I was like, wow that's a beautiful tracking shot or oh that's a beautiful you know i mean that kind of thing and then i was thinking about it when i realized how like they were trying to be 1960s film techniques as well Mm -hmm. that i'm not gonna get a camera trick like that oh
0: okay you know
1: what i mean it's it's painstaking efforts to make it 1969 on all levels you know on the surface what you're seeing background foreground camera work, like, all of it. Okay. Very 1960s, and they want, and it
0: was, you know... that's Yeah, that's very right. interesting. Um, there was a, uh, I did actually see a uh, camera shot the other day that I can't figure out, um, which is a movie that we've talked about recently, but, uh, so my wife is, like, she watches Bohemian Rhapsody almost on repeat, like, she just loves oh, sure. that movie, and uh, the at the end of the movie, when they're doing the Live Aid performance, there's this one shot where... It shows below, it's during, um, uh, when they're playing Bohemian Rhapsody on the stage, and it's, it, the shot starts out below the, uh, piano, okay? Yeah. And the shot goes through, like, the camera zooms in and goes through, um, Freddie Mercury's legs, and goes under the piano, um... Bench, sorry, I'm like having trouble gather- gathering sorry. my words, but goes under the piano bench and then goes in and zooms in on the guitarist right as he starts playing the guitar solo. And uh, what's weird is like that shot as it, it's going under the piano bench, like through his legs, it goes through two like really skinny like cords or something that are hanging down. And it's literally like, like, so thin that I don't know how they got a camera to go through that part. And then it goes through, and it's just this really fluid shot. And I was watching it, I'm like, I have no idea how they did that. And I wonder, like, did they actually shoot it in reverse, and they were pulling the camera under the other way? I just, I can't figure that one out. Right, so.
1: every now and then they get wowed. Um, there's a there's a camera trick in... Let's We're going to stop talking about camera tricks in a minute, <laughs> but there's a camera trick in Evil Dead 2 that Sam Raimi got a... Yeah. Uh, academy award for because they were like we don't know how you did that. is that
0: the one where um it's, like the, it, <sighs> the evilness or whatever you want to call it like goes through the cabin well and then picks ash well, it's up flying and through the
1: clouds yeah and then it drops into the forest and then it flies through the cabin and then back to the forest and then back to the clouds.
0: yeah and i think that's the one is that the same one where it actually picks up bruce campbell and takes him flying with it for Um, a bit maybe okay (laughs) maybe i just know that it was like how do you do it how do you do this shot so but i think the cool thing that actually relates back to once upon a time in hollywood is like as like um appreciators of film or however you want to phrase it we go into movies and we are looking for all the tricks we're paying attention to the cinematography trying to figure out how they did this how they did that but when a movie's really good, it makes you forget about that and you just get connected with a story and you stop thinking about the technical aspects and you're just overwhelmed by the characters and the setting and the story they're right. telling. So. I
1: will say that if you have not seen Once Upon a Time in Hollywood before you listen to this episode, this is a... I, I, technically, it's a spoiler, but it's kind of more to keep you in your seat. That's the only reason I'm going to say this. Yeah. There is something that happens mid-credits. <clears throat> There's a little bit mid, kind of like a mid credit scene. Yeah. And if you know your film history keep watching the credits because there's something audio that happens during the credits after that thing after that <laughs> scene that, okay that's cool. amazing yeah. and it makes and it's one of those things that it's one of those 1960s things that you're just like man that's cool so <laughs> do you have a uh,
0: charles manson fix that needs to be filled or no at all after no the
1: movie? uh no i well, I am i don't yeah, no, okay. I, I was gonna here's say, the thing, uh, I don't want to say anything about the movie in terms right. of, like, spoiler territory, it's just, it's an amazing film, I think everyone needs to go see this movie, like, everybody needs yeah. to go see this movie. So.
0: I was going to say the, uh, the Annabelle films actually closely coincide with the whole, like, Charles Manson murders thing, actually, no. believe it or not, so I was going to say if you wanted, like something else to uh you know satisfy that fix like there's another place you can go no. but... um yeah no i don't want <laughs> yeah. to i don't want to say anything about it but the <laughs> movie right. is gorgeous yeah i mean so. it's it's weird to say like i want to watch more movies about a specific like cult leader or serial killer but dude true crime is so popular right now like this whole country's filled with weirdos who are into that stuff knowing, so. <laughs>
1: knowing that this movie deals with the charles manson stuff yeah. I think people are gonna be very surprised at how it's handled. Right. Period. Okay. I'm gonna leave it at that. I
0: actually it um, is I actually
1: figured it would for, be that for way. For a Tarantino film, I did not expect it to be handled this way. Okay. So, how about I leave it at that? Alright. Um, however, if we're gonna leave it at that, let's roll into some news because there's a lot Comic Con <laughs> time. So, uh, real quick, I'll hit some stuff that are like that don't have a lot to say about, so we can okay, make the better yeah. things. Uh, so first off, um, Terminator: Dark Fate. We talked about this a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Um, one of the big mysteries with Terminator is the actor Ed, Ed Furlong played John Connor in Terminator 2. Yeah. And he's clearly everyone's favorite John Connor in terms yeah. of like recasting and stuff. Um, he is returning to play John Connor. He kind of disappeared off after Terminator 2. He disappeared off the
0: face yeah. of the planet. Well, um, he's kind of, I've seen him pop up in a lot of just like B, like horror movies yeah. and stuff like that. So I don't know. I mean, the last couple of years I haven't seen him. I'm kind of curious, like, well, how is he looking? Is he in good shape? Like, is he going to be able to step sure. up to the well, world really well? My, thi- but, my <laughs> thing was where I was on the fence of seeing
1: Terminator Dark Fate. Now I want to see Terminator.
0: Okay. Right. Yeah, for you sure. Know, so
1: I'm just like, I got to see this. Anytime
0: so. they have like one of those cool kind of reunions in film, just in general. Like I it, do think we're getting a little beaten
1: see. over the head with it, but this is a famous <clears throat> disappearing actor trick that, <laughs> yeah. hey, we're the actors back to reprise a role. Yeah. I know what yeah. I mean. So I kind of want to see that. Um, it too. The runtime has been revealed. Okay. Two hours and 45 minutes. I love it. I didn't know about this, but yeah, I'm excited. So I thought that was interesting for the length of the movie,
0: um, probably because they don't want to do a third. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. So. Yeah. I mean, it it like kind of naturally, like the way the story is. It's like a two part thing, you know. You have them when they're kids and when they're adults. But I mean, I like the first movie enough that I just want as much like of Pennywise's antics as sure. I can get. So I'm looking forward to it. Sure, um, <laughs> Venom two. Okay. Andy Serkis is
1: one of the runners to direct Battle Oh, I like this a lot. I like this a lot. This is a motion capture kind of a dream for a character that's mostly CGI. Yeah. What's interesting about it, though, is that it's not an animal. So it's not like Andy Serkis can come in and study a symbiote for real and then try and figure out how to do motion capture stuff. But he did direct the Netflix... Uh, Jungle Book. Oh, yeah. Which is called Mowgli. Mowgli. Yeah. So, I just thought this was just awesome news. Have have you watched Mowgli at all? I have not. But, so Andy Serkis, it's on my list of things to check out, but Andy Serkis is, um,
0: uh, he's not confirmed yet as the director. He is in the running to be the director for Venice. Okay. Um, all I can say is I did mention Mowgli a while ago and, like, what are we watching and reading and, uh, that movie is honestly, like, blew me away. Like, because I've seen the Jungle Books told, like, the story of the Jungle Book told so many times, and this movie, not only, like, from a story aspect, found a new way to spin the story, it's just a beautiful film. Like, every shot of that movie looks like a beautiful painting, and it's just, like, knowing, like, Andy Circus coming to, like, Venom 2, which is subject matter that, is more near and dear to me than Mowgli. that i mean that's gonna be awesome so
1: Uh, fingers crossed (laughs) um yeah so yeah so andy circus joining venom 2 i hope that's a go i really do um so yeah just let's because of the news of blade and thinking that they're gonna figure out a way to do Blade, yeah, what the Morbius movie coming and that kind of thing? I'm like, let's just get this really the, going. The crossover, like, let's, let's really universe. get this going. Yeah. So, um, all right. So we have a ton of trailers. Well, not a ton, but a bunch. Okay. Um, what, uh,
0: Zombieland two trailer. <clears throat> right on. Um, what do you think?
1: So, I was actually I just assume, watching. I, this... I know you've seen Zombieland. Yeah. 1, so. Yeah,
0: I was just watching this before the we started recording, and the thing is. I completely forgot, but they released a teaser trailer a while while back, because I've, I've seen the first teaser trailer they released, because one of the shots in this new trailer looked familiar, and I was like, oh yeah, I did see something for this, but to be honest, like, it looks awesome, it looks like they're just picking up where the first one left off, it looks like... Or at least just a few years later, like, it's... I, I guess I meant more, like, not necessarily literally, but just the way the characters are. Like, they're just fitting right into those roles they were in before. And, I mean, I just think it it looks fun. Like, that's well, mostly what it is. It looks like it's going to be so really fun. So, what, what made me
1: laugh about it was... Well, first off, it's Zombieland. <laughs> End of discussion. It's Zombieland. It looks, yeah. it looks like more of the same, but it looks like a movie that we should have got a long time ago. Um, what made me laugh is when you have... Um, Academy Award nominee Jesse Eisenberg, Academy Award winner Woody Harrelson, <laughs> yeah. Academy Award winner Emma Stone, Academy Award nominee like they're yeah. like all this big stuff, and then it's zombie land. Yeah, like that's <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's it's kind of like they're going to advertise the movie. It's it's almost
0: like you're expecting them to go
1: Sharknado. You know what I mean? <laughs> like...
0: <laughs> right on. Yeah, no, I, I thought that was awesome too, and I just like. The zombie, like, fighting scenes they ha- they showed in the trailer look like they're going to be really cool. Um, maybe even more cinematic and action-packed than the first one. And they're just, they're continuing with the whole, like, road trip sort of theme. At least that's what it looks like. Because that's, like, the first Zombieland was a road trip movie. You know, disguised yeah. as a zombie movie. And that's, yeah. it looks like this one's kind of carrying on in that same spirit so yeah yeah um what about let's talk about the witcher trailer did you see that yeah i saw that um my thoughts on this trailer is it looks awesome but i have no idea what it's about oh really because <laughs> i'm like it looks really cool um henry cavill's in it i'm excited about that that he looks cool uh, i i like it so much i want a new fantasy show to get into since game of Thrones ended. But the storyline for somebody who's, like, never played the games, never read the books, I have no idea what it's about. So I'm there, but I just don't know anything about it. I'm
1: kind it. of in the same boat as you. I know very, very minimal information about yeah. The Witcher. Um, the I remember when the first game came out, it was on PC. I'm not a PC gamer. I'm more of an Xbox guy, so I couldn't play the first game. And then the other games started coming out on, like, consoles and stuff. And yeah. I'm like... I, don't want, I want to play the first one first, you know, just for story reasons. <laughs> yeah. And now I'm, I'm basically not going to play the game, but I didn't have time to read the books. Yeah. So I'm kind of going into this blind. All I know is this trailer looks fantastic. I saw a really cool meme uh, the other day with... It was like a picture of... It was like a shot from behind Daenerys, looking over from Game of Thrones, <laughs> right. looking over her like uh, army or whatever. Yeah. And it said the end of an era, and then underneath it, I had a picture of Henry C- behind the shot of Henry Cavill walking into like a town or something. It said the beginning of a new one. Yeah. So I was like, it's just when I watch the trailer, I just think, wow, this is Game of Thrones, but instead of like where Game of Thrones, dragons aside, dragons and White Walkers aside, was very normal medieval time fantasy. Yeah. This looks like high fantasy. Because in the trailer, they mention the elves, they mention the monsters, Yeah, you know
0: what I mean, so... From what I've heard, um, a big difference with this one is, like, where uh, Game of Thrones is very political, and you're watching, like, the ruling elites, like, basically play yeah. around with this kingdom. This show, I've heard, is, like, a much smaller cast, and more of, like, not smaller stories, but just more, like, personal. Like, you're dealing with, like, specific until, characters until doing specific massive. things, so... Until okay. It, until and, it and I'm sure, and I'm I'm hoping to be surprised. I'm just I've just been told that it's it varies from Game of Thrones in that way. So if you go in and you're expecting it to be like this political sort of Game of Thrones story, you're not going to get yeah. that. I don't care because I just want I'm in it for the fantasy stuff. So yeah, that's yeah, yeah, pretty yeah. much where I'm
1: at. Um, all right, so let's talk about a controversial trailer. All uh, right. You watched the trailer for Good Boys? Yeah, yeah I did. Okay, so I didn't know this movie was a thing Yeah. until I went and saw Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Okay. It was in the Red Band trailer, <laughs> or if you don't know what a Red Band trailer is, that means it's a rated R trailer. They can use bad language in it. The Red Band trailer was in front of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. It's very rare that Red Band trailers <laughs> yeah. actually happen in movie theaters. Yeah. So, um, yeah. This movie looks hysterical. Um, it's from the creators of Superbad. It basically looks like Superbad with a bunch of junior high kids. Right. Um, hysterical. Um, I laughed most of the way through the trailer. I'm like, man, I really have to watch this movie. So.
0: Yeah, it looks good. It's. Uh, I'm. I know Seth Rogen's highly involved in it. I don't know. It says the trailer says from the guys who brought you Super Superbad, which I know is Seth Rogen, and I don't know who who else wrote it, but I'm assuming it's that same duo i love Superbad. it's possibly my favorite teen comedy um but this movie looks like it's more just like in line with that but it looks funny like i guess it's controversial probably because it's younger kids swearing and uh talking about very inappropriate things but i just feel like it seems so relevant because i know with the internet and nowadays like even though it's not a good thing, like I think kids are exposed to a lot of these like ideas way before they Absolutely. ever should be, and I Absolutely. feel like I feel like it's very relevant in that way. And it's obviously not a movie that's aimed at kids; like it's for like adults to go see and right. laugh. About I um,
1: it. I clearly i I swear in front of my kid all the time, and yeah. he knows he knows all the bad words, and he knows he's not supposed to say them, but he also knows what they mean. So sometimes when I say a bad word in front of him i will like put a certain gravity to the word okay and he because he understands the meaning i it makes him laugh yeah so it's almost like in a really (laughs) in a really weird backwards kind of a way it's almost like he's being desensitized from these words so they it's almost like in a way they can't hurt him (laughs) yeah um but it's kind of nice because he i've basically given him the freedom he's allowed to say the words especially if he has to ask me Mm-hmm. Like he knows he's not supposed to say them, but if he needs to say, "What does this word mean?" Yeah, like I need to know what word he's talking <laughs> about. So you know, we've we've come to this like understanding, and he knows. So like privately, I'll hear him say the words around me, but he—that's literally just a between him and me thing. So it makes me laugh um, sometimes, especially when there's a, especially when there's a, like if he's quoting a movie. I told him if he's quoting something. I'm okay with him saying the word because it's a direct quote. Okay. You know what I mean? like yeah, fair That yeah. kind of thing. But it's really just the thing between him and me. Like, you know, uh, <laughs> my wife was trying to tell me something, like, in the other room of the house. I could barely hear her. So she's, yeah. like, yelling through walls. Um, and I I remember looking at him and I'm like I think mom needs a, a nice warm glass or shut the hell up and he thought that was really funny and <laughs> lost it and he's just giggling and she comes in the room and she's like what's so funny and we're like nothing <laughs> like,
0: <laughs> it was just <laughs> yeah um, oh I was just gonna say a couple more things about this movie though one thing that's like I think it looks like it nailed is uh. When you are in junior high, like I remember being that age and I remember older kids talking about a lot of like really mature things or using bad language and they nailed this thing where when you're that age you pretend like you know what all this stuff means but you don't necessarily know it all and i just think that's like a really funny just kind of subject matter oh absolutely well in the trailer
1: when they show the kids like looking stuff up on the internet to answer their questions like that was really funny because i see my kid doing stuff like that he'll look stuff up on his own like he knows how to access youtube Mm. and that kind of thing which kind of scares me now (laughs) i want to go look and see what he's looking at but i mean it's just You know how kids think. We all were there at one point. Yeah. And it made me laugh because it's
0: like, wow, that's kind of funny, but how would I have been as a kid now compared to how I was a kid Mm -hmm. then? Um, I did notice one other thing about this trailer is halfway through, it kind of turns into another movie, and I don't know if, if you know what I mean, but... Uh, yeah, kind of. It, I feel like it turns into Sandlot halfway through the trailer. It, it's almost like this weird amalgamation of Sandlot and American Pie rolled into one. Book. Okay, or like Sandlot <laughs> super bad, like yeah, yeah. yeah Sandlot thing. super
1: bad, American <laughs> Pie, like all that put together. But yeah, yeah.
0: So. Okay, right on. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, all right, let's. I was specifically like working around this because we don't have. Okay. I don't have a lot to say. Yeah. About this topic, but we need to talk about the DC stuff that happened at Comic Con. Now. What's interesting is, is Hall H at Comic Con is where all the big news happens. that's where Marvel came and dropped their mega ton of news. That's where everyone shows up into their Hall H panels. Kevin Smith's, um, luckily, Kevin Smith releases his Hall H panel as a
0: podcast. So I got to listen to his. Oh, cool! I didn't even think about going to listen to that. Oh yeah,
1: I listened to a whole bunch of like comic like. That sounds fun. There's a handful of podcasts I listened to, and they all it was like the same day. Comic Con, Comic Con, (laughs) Comic Con, (laughs) Comic Con. So I got to listen to a bunch of stuff, and I'm not honestly we're not cov- we're not not covering anything that they haven't. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Everyone's kind of talking about the same stuff. But what's interesting is is Warner Brothers, who owns the rights to DC Comics in terms of uh, film and television, skipped Hall H. Yeah, they went to Comic Con to show off stuff, but they did not go to Hall H. They did not do a Hall H panel. So there was no Joker news that they wanted to talk about or like trailers or anything they had no news they had no news on Wonder Woman 84 Wonder Woman 84 is referring to 1984 because that's when the movie takes place yeah but they they had no like news about anything big and then beyond Wonder Woman they didn't say anything because Joker and Wonder Woman are the next two DC films no news about what happens you feel after feel like that. Uh, Birds of Prey, there would have been something come out I, That's well, the thing. Know? I would <laughs> think there would be a Birds of Prey. I would think there would be uh, Suicide Squad 2. I would think there would be something, but they didn't say anything. So, yeah. that's okay. I'm down. That's fine. Um, <laughs> but the big thing, but we'll get to the big thing in a second.
0: Uh, they did release the trailer for the Harley Quinn show on the DC app. Mm. Did you see the trailer? Yeah, I saw it. Okay, I, I think it looks good. I think it's... Uh, so my thoughts on it is it looks funny. It's obviously an adult animated it's show. It's an adult animated show. I think it it didn't make me laugh as much as I was hoping, but the animation at the same time was way better than I imagined it would be. So I'm I mean I'm looking forward to this. I'm in for it. Everything I've seen people say about it, because I think they 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 premiered the first episode yeah, so at Comic Con, and everything I've read online that people have been saying is that it's awesome. Like it's really really good. So I look forward to it. But that's the only thing is it it didn't make me laugh out loud during the trailer yeah. like uh, I would have
1: hoped. But I didn't laugh out loud during the trailer because I was still I was it was almost like I was processing like what is this, <laughs> right? Uh, the um, but Kaylee Cuoco, So here's the thing. For me, Harley Quinn, I know what Margot Robbie did a great job as Harley Quinn in Suicide Squad. I really liked her take on the character. Yeah. However, Tara Strong, who voiced Harley Quinn in the animated series, Harley Quinn comes from the animated series. That was her debut. Tara Strong voices Harley Quinn. Tara Strong should always be Harley Quinn. hmm Okay? When you get to Margot Robbie um, in Suicide Squad, when Margot Robbie f- first said, Puddin', it didn't sound like Tara Strong, and it bothered me for like two <laughs> seconds. And I'm like, "Ugh!" Okay. But the rest of the the rest of her performance was fantastic, right? Yeah. So, in then they DC did a straight to DVD animated film, Batman and Harley Quinn, and it was voiced by uh, Melissa Rauch from Big Bang Theory, and she voiced Harley Quinn. And before I sat down and watched it, I was like half cringing in my seat, going. I hope this doesn't bother me, (laughs) (laughs) Um, because it's not. It won't be Tara Strong. Yeah. It won't be Margot Robbie. It'll be an actor who's never touched Harley Quinn, and it was totally fine. It was awesome. Yeah. I totally bought it. It was great, and like there was, I had there was no thought in my head that it wasn't Harley Quinn. So now Kaylee Cuoco from Big Bang Theory is playing Harley Quinn for the Harley Quinn show. And the trailer, I think I was more focused on get it right, get it right, get it right. Yeah. And, like, I totally heard Harley Quinn audibly and that's really all i wanted more than anything like i want harley quinn to be harley quinn so that's i mean i
0: thought it was i didn't even know like i knew it was kaylee cuoco but i didn't think about it while watching the trailer it was just like that's harley Quinn. i just overanalyze everything and and i just
1: (laughs) you know this is that comic book guy in me that i'm just like you have to get it right that's the one job you have Mm -hmm. so and what is what is what does that mean get it right well i have my opinion you have your opinion (laughs) right everyone has their own opinion so yeah um so yeah no i thought i thought the harley quinn trailer was great and it's and i thought it was like wow this is really a villain heavy thing and then you see batman in the trailer and you're like well maybe this is more of a maybe this isn't something different than i thought it was
0: i think it's so, going to be like an adult version of lego batman almost where they're just going to throw all sorts of dcd cuts in. yeah there and, probably yeah. and
1: i wonder if it'll have a giant overarching story either way i'm excited it looks mm-hmm. great um So, let's talk about the real big DC news. And this, because they skipped Hall H, but they did drop a a really cool thing about the CW. So, the CW shows for DC, Supergirl, Arrow, Flash, um, DC's Legends of Tomorrow. All right? They always come together with these giant crossovers, right? Okay, so... Here's the thing. The crossover this year is Crisis on Infinite Earths. Yeah. I've been excited about this since they said it last year when they did the crossover. Yeah. This will be the culmination of Arrow's final season. So Arrow's eight episodes will all lead up to Crisis on Infinite Earths. They're going to end Arrow, and then I'm pretty sure Oliver Queen's going to die during Crisis on Infinite Earths. If you watch Arrow, sorry, spoilers... I mean, it's not confirmed. It's not not confirmed, but it really kind of goes up. It looks like Oliver Queen's gonna die. Yeah, which is totally fine. And for a run like that, it's kind of like you know, killing the character might be the best way to go. Mm -hmm. Um, The what's really cool about it is the things they talked about in terms of characters. Now, I don't know if you heard that. Did you do you know anything about the CW news?
0: So I've yeah, I think I know a couple things that you might be mentioning. Okay, so. so Brandon Ralph plays. The Adam the on uh,
1: on DC's Legends of Tomorrow, which is one of the four shows. But yep. Brandon Routh also played Superman. Of course. In yeah. Superman returns. You got to meet him. Actually, <laughs> yeah. I, I was with yeah, you. I got you to, got meet, to him meet him too, too, but you got him to sign a picture and all yeah. that stuff. Um, real nice guy. So, Brandon, if you're listening, this is amazing news. Thank mm-hmm. you for doing this because this is awesome. He's going to come back and put the cape back on and be Superman. Oh, yeah. Alongside. Tyler, um, Hecklin, Hecklin, yeah. Hecklin, Superman. So we're going to get two Supermans. Yep. Okay. Now here's what's real interesting at the CW panel. When they announced this, Brandon Ralph opened his jacket and he was wearing the S. Okay, cool. But here's the real thing is he was wearing the kingdom come S, right? Yeah. So is there a chance that Brandon Ralph is going to be kingdom come Superman? I did hear a little this? bit about this. That's so. amazing. Yeah. Not only that, so that's great. <laughs> we're gonna get to see two Supermans because this is Crisis and Infinite earth, Multiple Earths, multiple realities. This is a multiverse, people. So we're getting two Supermans, possibly three Supermans. Rumor has it they're already they've they've talked to Tom Welling to come back and be a Superman Ooh, cool. from a different Earth. Okay. Okay. I wouldn't be surprised if we don't get to see a Dean Cain Superman. I was going to say... And the only reason I say that is because Dean Cain has already been a part of Supergirl.
0: Yeah. And, you know, just, like, kind of following Dean Cain, like, like loosely following him online and stuff, I feel like he'd be up for this. Like, he would be really excited for... Like, we got to do this. This kind of right. event, yeah. Right. And I kind of feel like, why don't they use Dean Cain for the Kingdom Come Superman, though? I you don't know. You know, thinking about it, you know what I mean? I don't know. But, uh... I would love this. This is like any Superman fan is going to be rejoicing when this happens. It's going to be awesome. Apparently,
1: it looks like the CW is almost going for broke on this. Going, we're doing a multiverse crisis story. We have to do everything in our power to do everything. Oh, yeah. You know, and since we've already had the original Flash on this... We might get original Flash from the 90s television series. We might get original Supergirl from the 80s television series. Yeah. Rumor has That's it possible. Rumor has it that they're trying to get Linda Carter to be Wonder Woman okay. in this series yeah. from another Earth. Here's the big one that got me excited and a little heartbroken at the same time. Burt Ward, who played Robin in the Batman 1966, is coming back to play Robin in wow. the Crisis on an Infinite Earth story. So that is amazing. And... He might not wear the tights, but I guess he's going to wear a variation of that original Robin suit. Cool. And they're probably going to have him climb up a building or whatever. (laughs) Absolutely amazing. So excited (coughs) for this. But here's the part that has me a little um, heartbroken is that we know that if Adam West was still alive... He probably he would have probably loved to come back and done Batman and Robin with Burt Ward yeah. one last time. Yeah. So and that's that's the part that has me a little sad. We did but. get
0: the uh, we did get those animated movies with uh, Adam West and Burt Ward. At we, least, did. And that's we did and we did, but to do a live action yeah. one more time kind
1: of a thing, and you know, mm-hmm. it's just to to know that this is going to be a thing has me so excited for the DC crossover. This yeah this fall, like, I just, like, I'm almost, like, already at the
0: edge of my seat, like, this is gonna be great. Well, I think it's, like, I mean, this is, like, it's, like, DC doing their version of, like, the Stan Lee cameos and, like, all the Marvel movies, but this is, like, times 20, you know, it just sounds like they're trying to get
1: everything, and I wonder, and I know Justin Hartley is all wrapped up in his This Is Us stuff going on over at ABC, but I wonder if they're gonna be able to get him back to be the Smallville... Version of Green Arrow <laughs> right, for yeah. this because of Arrow's final. That's season. the
0: thing is, as we're talking about this, I'm racking my brain. Like, okay, who else could they bring in? What other I, DC I, characters? Honestly, they I bring hope in? we get a John Cryer. Uh, mm-hmm. Lex Luthor
1: paired up with the Michael Rosenbaum
0: Lex Luthor. Yeah. I hope we get I to mean, see you know, like I hope they go su- like I'm just thinking do like all of it. Mark Hamill played the trickster and the Flash like twice, but in the newer Flash show, what if they brought him back? I oh, mean I what if he was an older version of the Joker? Oh I'm, man. I'm like... hoping
1: they do like all kinds of stuff with this and on top of that, um like I, I just <sighs> I yeah I really just hope they go all out and do as many things as humanly possible, knowing that they can. Yeah. Um. And I honestly I don't know what I was like. You can totally like you you
0: totally messed up my thoughts with that Mark Hamill comment because <laughs> I'm now sorry. I'm thinking yeah. Mark Hamill like oh man that would be amazing. But it's so I the CW like Arrowverse whatever you want to call it it's so much fun and it's one of these things where a lot of people don't like the DC movies because they're darker than they would prefer and I always tell those people like if you like the Marvel movies there's something that tonally is much more in line with that in the DC universe and that's this whole CW verse they have and like go watch that, you know? And, like, we, it's awesome that we have this awesome TV universe and we've also got this movie universe and it's just, it's, like, what a time to be yeah. alive, you know? Oh,
1: that's what, I, that's what my thought was. It was the the fact that it's going to be five episodes. So it's a giant block. It's a five-hour yeah. miniseries thing. <laughs> it's going to be one night a week. It's going to be great. Definitely, so. yeah. This is great. I'm yeah. excited. Um. Yes, okay. So that's all we got for right now. There are probably more Comic-Con-related things we're going to be discovering things as we go yeah um, so um one more thing before we jump onto the list tonight did you, you remember the old nintendo gameboy the original Game Boy, yes. nintendo's handheld system yeah of course i did um it is 30 years old officially <laughs> Okay.
0: Um I just thought that was kinda cool. I was like, whoa, I remember buying one of those thirty years ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. I mean I love uh I loved that system. I mean handheld system, whatever you want to call it. Like is right. one of the first video games like I actually had like actually owned. So yeah. Yeah, great. no, it's yeah. just it was just fantastic. It just made me go, Wow, that's crazy.
1: Thirty years mm-hmm. old for that system. Um yeah, so it kind of puts things in perspective when you start measuring <laughs> things in decades, right? Right on. Um all right, you ready to talk the list tonight? Yeah, definitely. All right, great. Ryan, it's list time. And now for the top five. All right, so we're doing this. I, I wish we would have thought about this to do this list a little earlier, <laughs> but it's fine because I want. It would have been cooler if we could get it to drop on that day, but um, on that week. But it is currently Shark Week. Yeah. It's
0: August first, twenty nineteen. I mean, it's okay. Like. It's okay if it, this episode drops a little late, because it's like uh, that old saying that you'd hear in grade school all the time, every day is Earth Day. Every week is Shark Week here. That's <laughs> so, uh... why I said, you know, we should live every week as
1: if it's Shark Week. Yeah. Um, no, Shark Week's actually been really cool. There's a, one of the coolest documentaries uh, that I've seen so far is the um, Eat, Pray, Chum and it was <laughs> Rob Riggle got a bunch of his like celebrity buddies. Told them they were going on a cruise. Instead, they went shark diving. That's, um, a, that's <laughs> such a Rob, Rob Riggle
0: thing to yeah. do. Yeah, <laughs> and
1: then if you watch Shark Week, there is a uh, thing called Shark After Dark, which is kind of like they sit down and they discuss all the documentaries that aired, okay. and they bring on people from the documentaries and they okay, talk about the sharks. And it's kind of it's kind of like the Talking Dead version of Shark yeah. Week. Yeah.
0: Who who do they have hosting that?
1: Rob Riggle. Okay. <laughs> okay. So yeah, uh, that's been a lot of fun. Uh, but there's been some cool stuff, and they had a movie that I have not watched yet, which I plan on to. It's called uh, Capsized Blood in the Water, which is an actual movie. Josh Duhamel's in it, um, and it's about a group of people that get shipwrecked in the middle of the ocean, and they're trying to survive
0: with sharks. Okay, cool. And this was put out on the Discovery Channel? Yeah. Or? Okay. Yeah. And it's a... Like it's a, like an actual f- movie. It's not yeah. like a documentary. Yeah, it's or, like okay, an actual cool. movie. Um,
1: I haven't had a <clears throat> chance to watch that yet. It aired last night, so I'm... But I love Shark Week. I just like the shark documentaries. <laughs> I don't think there's enough shark stuff on TV, so I like, clearly <laughs> right save it all for the thing. So tonight's list is favorite movies with sharks. Right. Now, I want you to understand that I took this list kind of literally, kind of not literally. Okay. Like because shark movies can be very ridiculous. Yeah, but I I was kind of thinking not necessarily necessarily shark attacks, so much as sharks have a presence in the film too i thought about that as well it doesn't necessarily have to be a shark attack movie (laughs) yeah because i have one on here that definitely is not a shark attack movie i have another one on here that's not meant to be a shark attack movie but ends up being a shark attack movie okay you'll understand what
0: we're talking so (laughs) um i just took this list very like well it's about sharks so right i took this list like very literally (laughs) and it's kind of funny i don't have any honorable mentions this week and that's just because like Like, I have five movies, but I think these might be the only five shark movies I've ever seen. (laughs) Oh, that's fair. So this was, like, both a hard list because I hadn't seen a lot, but it was also easy because, like, well, that's my list. Like, no thought has to go (laughs) into it because I've seen a very limited number of shark movies. I gotcha. Uh, I don't know if you have honorable mentions. I have two
1: honorable Mm -hmm. mentions. I'll go quick. The first honorable mention is Sharknado okay um the movie and this is one i've never seen all the way through but i've seen parts and it's really funny the concept of the movie is a tornado that picked up sharks and the water and now that is the debris in the tornado so there are sharks flying around the movie's ridiculous but it's a ton of fun if you just want a good movie to like turn off your brain and laugh for a little
0: yeah um and i think it's sequels keep getting funnier and funnier and uh even though, like, they're, they're, again, these are movies that I haven't seen all the way through, so I didn't include them, but I'll catch them here and there, right. and they're always funny. But I think the third Sharknado has one of my favorite tit- subtitles I've ever seen, where it's Sharknado Nado 3. Oh, hell no. And well, I just my, always thought that was genius. My
1: favorite subtitle for the Sharknado films was Sharknado 2, the second one.
0: <laughs> right on. <laughs>
1: so it's just, they're, they're, the Sharknado films are ridiculous, but. You know, there's one, it didn't make an honorable mention, but there's one called Sand Sharks, which is literally, like, sharks that swim in the sand in the desert. Yeah. Like, you know, why not? Sharks are ridiculous. <laughs> Shark movies are all ridiculous.
0: Yeah. Uh, especially The Meg. That one's ridiculous. Um... <laughs> If you're really afraid of uh, sand sharks, you're just screwed when you go to the beach because, yeah. like, I can't go on the water because there's real sharks. I can't, can't go on the, on the sand. The <laughs> yeah,
1: I hope there's not... The, the I hope ghost might...
0: sharks might get you. Yeah, I hope there's <laughs> not grass sharks. Yeah, exactly. Um, uh,
1: my other honorable mention is Jaws 2. Okay, nice. Um, this... Jaws 2, they basically were like, we need to make another Jaws, so they literally made another Jaws like all the entire cast came back. Like everyone just did it, came back. My only problem with judge two was the opening of the movie with the dead killer whale on the beach, because that would never happen.
0: Okay. Um, now I, I think this is about, another one. Like I've, Seen bits and pieces of all of like some of the Jaws sequels, so I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, no,
1: this before they realize that there's a new shark in the water, there's a dead killer whale on the beach. You're like, what could have done this? And someone's like, it had to have been a really big shark. And if you know anything about like nature, unless it's like a massive shark, like the megalodon, for example, yeah, um, that would never happen because killer whales actually in the world of killer whale versus shark, killer whale would win, yeah. Um, and that's and that's what's and that I think is really interesting. I, I think, watched a really
0: cool documentary about that. Yeah, a that killer killer whales are the most dangerous animal known to man. I think next yeah. to uh, orangutans, as far as I know. So yeah. Um, um, but no, Jaws two was
1: just cool because of the recreation of bringing everyone back to Amityville Island and you know that kind of thing. So.
0: Right on. Um, I know. Uh, one thing I, I've never seen it, but I've heard about how in Jaws three the shark like roars underwater. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I need I, to look that up. That, that sounds really that, funny. to that me. That
1: aside, Jaws three is actually not a bad movie. Okay,
0: yeah, um, I, I kind of liked the concept of what they were trying to do with Jaws. 3. I mean, I like Superman four, and in the first scene, he's talking in space to a cosmonaut, and that oh, couldn't happen yeah, either. Absolutely. So, uh, <laughs> Um, Alright, so those are my two honorable mentions. What's your cool. first actual pick? So, that? my first actual pick is another uh, sci-fi original, Sharktopus. Sharktopus. So, this is a movie that, uh, it's just kind of funny, stupid fun, um, but I actually really like the monster's design in this movie. Just, I mean, it's so simple. You put a shark's head on an octop- octopus's body and he's got the tentacles and stuff, but I think he actually looks pretty cool, and especially, like, the end, the very end of the movie when they, like, kind of chase the Sharktopus, like, up a stream, and he's, like, kind of spread out on all these rocks and fighting people with his tentacles, like it looks pretty awesome. So I mean, that's where I'm at. I also like the other cool part about this movie is it's, uh, directed by, and I might have the name wrong, but it's a uh, Roger Corman. Who's like, you know, one of those directors who makes really bad movies, but they're like so bad, they're good movies. And I think it's just kind of cool that he's still doing his thing. Um, one of the things he's most known for is doing the original, like original, original fantastic Four, like not the oh. Chris Evans, fantastic Four, like before that when, Yeah. 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 Uh, what was it was it fox had to make a fantastic four movie just to keep uh the rights for yeah, it and this did. was like mid 90s or something and it's like really really bad but they tapped roger corman to direct that so yeah there's uh there are some clips you can find of that but it's bad yeah um, <laughs> it's faithful to the comics though that's uh that's a plus yeah that's yeah, not a good movie um was that on Sharktopus? Yeah, I mean pretty okay. much. Unless you have anything it's half shark, it. half octopus. Yeah, <laughs> it's ridiculous. Like I said, I think these might be the only five shark movies I've seen. So <laughs> that's fair. I have a feeling. I know you you're I... gonna. I know you're gonna say one, and I'm gonna be like, "Oh man, I forgot about that one." But um, I doubt it. Okay, fair enough.
1: Um, I do think you and I are gonna match on two of these. Okay, that's my prediction. Is we match on two? I could be wrong because I've been wrong before when I've made that statement. Yeah. Um, Uh, My first actual pick of the night is Mission of the Shark. This is a very serious movie that I watched way too young as a child. And this does not look like a shark movie at all when the movie starts. It's about a U.S. battleship called the Indianapolis, which gets struck by a torpedo, and the ship sinks, and all the soldiers, all the Navy men that go into the water now have to survive while they wait for pickup and they are now stuck in the water dealing with sharks while they wait for the pickup the story that this movie is telling is the story that Quinn tells about when they're on the boat in jaws oh crazy Quinn tells the story about being on the in- Indianapolis and being one of the sailors that went into the water and he tells the story it's a huge monologue in the movie jaws yeah this that story he tells is what this movie is about.
0: So when did this movie come this out? This movie came out, like, mid-'90s-ish. Oh, but it, but it's, like, based on a true story? It's based or? on okay. a true story. I didn't know if it was one of those things that, like, influenced uh, Steven Spielberg at no, a young age well, or no, something. Or... The, the story that Quinn tells
1: was a full, like, influence of Steven Spielberg. He wanted that story in the movie. Yeah, for sure. But the movie itself didn't... The movie about this didn't come out until later. It is... Um, it is gut wrenching to watch. It is incredibly serious. It's incre it's not gory, but it's scary as hell. I was way yeah. too young when I watched it. And I think I was watching it because Dad was watching it and I just happened to be in the room. Yeah. But the movie the movie itself is phenomenal, but I never would have thought it'd be a shark movie going into it. Okay. Um, and then uh but you know, Quinn tells the story in Jaws and you know, it's the same. it's the same story. It's just this is the movie about what Quinn was telling about. Okay.
0: So, yeah. Nice. Really it sounds like it's then. actually yeah, actually yeah. really good. So, um, yeah, okay, you your next pick. So my next pick is the Meg. <laughs> so this really, is, uh... <laughs> even <laughs> though I just said it's ridiculous, you still like put this makes your top five. Oh yeah, yeah. You've, only, you've only seen five <laughs> shark limited... movies. <laughs> I've got a limited. Uh, ch- you've only seen five shark movies, movie, so, so go ahead, see. tell me about the so Meg. <laughs> the Meg, um, it's a really fun movie about a giant prehistoric shark. Um, this is just like another one that's like a lot of just dumb fun. Uh, there's a couple of really good twists in it. At the end, uh, Jason Statham punches a giant shark, which is pretty awesome. Um, yeah, I mean, I like this movie overall. It's cool. Um, there is one massive plot hole in it, and I don't know if have you seen the Meg. Yet? I've seen the Meg. Do you know the massive plot hole? Um, I apparently not. So I'm looking at you like at the begin. So if you watch the movie. The Meg is so they go through this like kind of like doorway in the sand to they take a submarine through this like oh yeah area yeah, in the yeah sand and when they go under that area they find this huge like cavern of like preserved like prehistoric like it's almost like another layer that they, yeah it's like yeah. a whole prehistoric ecosystem they find like yeah. under like this layer and because they opened that up the Meg gets out and starts terrorizing people right? But at the beginning of the movie, before that ever happened, somehow Jason Statham was in a submarine that was attacked by a Meg. So where did that Meg come from? How oh. did he get out? And that's the big plot hole. I still like the movie. I <laughs> think it's funny, and that's like a big thing that most people don't even think of, and they probably shouldn't, <laughs> to be honest. Yeah, it's I just didn't. Something uh, I've
1: noticed. <laughs> I don't remember. I don't even remember even thinking about that. When I...
0: <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, any more on the Meg? That's about it. All right. I um, mean, Jason Statham punches a giant shark. <laughs> right. Uh, my next
1: pick is a movie called Into the Blue, right. which I've talked about yeah, before, and uh, I still haven't seen this. We one, talked so. about it in the uh, summer movie list. Um, this is literally just a ocean treasure hunting movie with Jessica Alba and Paul Walker, and uh, yeah, they're just in bathing suits swimming around looking for treasure in the ocean. It's a really fun movie. Not necessarily the best, but there's a heavy shark presence in the movie, uh, especially when they're diving around the reefs and stuff like that. There's a lot of shark stuff. But there is an incredibly gripping tiger shark attack in the movie, which is incredibly intense. So um, it's just I just like that shark thing and it's all ocean stuff anyway. so it's just it's just a really fun scene. and I like
0: and actually one of the reasons I like watching that movie is because of the sharks. Right. And they do a lot of shark stuff in that film, so... Nice. That's awesome. And like I said, like, when this movie came out... I mean, I said this on a previous episode. I just... They released it, and there was commercials for it and stuff and i had no idea what the plot was all i knew it was like had something to do with the ocean jessica alba's in a bikini that's all i knew and uh it's kind of cool to hear there's actually some thrilling scenes with the sharks and stuff it <laughs> makes right. me want to watch it more like you're doing a better job marketing this movie than i think the people <laughs> who actually made the movie ever did so there's that um all right so what's your next pick so my next pick is the shallows so this is the movie that's starring Blake Lively, where she is at a um, kind of a small beach that uh, not you know not a lot of people go to, and she we match this by
1: the way. Awesome, and that
0: was the next one I was planning on talking about. Awesome. Um, so she goes there, and correct me if I'm wrong. She goes there to surf, I think, because there's not a lot of people there. But no, she... it's like this hidden beach. Yeah, like she's like. But was she going there to surf? I can't. She remember. She was going why, to yeah. surf,
1: but she apparently it's yeah. something her mom. Like, it's like she found out about the beach from her mom. Yeah. Because at the beginning of the movie, when she finally gets there, she has this <clears> moment where she sends, like, a message home, and she's like, I made it, finally.
0: Yeah. You know, that, yeah, I, like, remember I found that. it. I found mm-hmm. it. I knew, you know, so. But, uh, yeah, I mean, the, the movie progresses where she gets stranded out on these uh, rocks in the shallow waters because there's this giant shark that's just keeping her from swimming back to shore and she's stranded and she has to deal with like possibly dying of dehydration as well as like, because if she stays out there too long, she's going to, she's not going to live. So she has to find a way back to shore. And the whole movie is kind of like one scene in a way where it's all just about her trying to get back to shore. It's extremely intense. Um, I think they did some really interesting things with uh, just how like she has to strategize getting back. I think, there's just a lot of cool, like, really thrilling scenes with, you know, just shark attacks yeah. in general and stuff. Um, the, scene, yeah, I,
1: the scene where the shark comes out of the wave is probably one of my favorite shots, physical shots of the movie. Yeah, Like, they're yeah, surfing definitely. and then suddenly there's a shark in the wave, because when you see the trailer for it, mm-hmm. um, she's on the surfboard and then you're just like, there's a shark in the wave, and you're just like, oh, this is a
0: shark attack movie, Yeah, where it starts out and you're just like, Blake Lively surfing, <laughs> you know. And it's one of those things that I love, the movie has, like, In a weird way, it's like a board game almost where it sets. You kind of have this, like, small beach it's on, and it kind of sets up its own map where there's, like, you know, five or six rocks she can go between. And then there is a. That is weird that you made this board game. And then there's. And yeah, but I mean, and then there's a. there's a dead whale that's floating nearby and that's why the shark won't leave really is because the shark keeps eating off this dead whale so it's not going to go further out in the ocean like she has no chance of getting away from it and like you watch the movie and you're trying to strategize like how would i try to get back to shore and it's it's a really cool like i love when yeah. movies do that So speaking of board games did you see the jaws board
1: game that just released <laughs> no apparently it's amazing Okay. like in board game nice. reviews and stuff like that. Apparently, yeah. it's absolutely amazing. I saw it at Target. I almost picked it up. Um, I haven't yet, but I that just, it just looks cool. So, nice. So, okay. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, So, yeah, I, I mean, I, everything you said about Shallows, I totally agree. That's why it made my list.
0: Um, so this actually rolls it right back to your next pick. Nice. Okay, so my next pick is a uh, movie that I don't think as a whole is as good as The Shallows. I think Shallows is higher <laughs> on my list, but I think this movie was clearly influenced by the shallows and it turns everything up a couple notches and that is 47 meters down. That is not so, All right. Have you seen this movie? I no, I have not. Okay. But here's the thing. There's a movie my
1: next pick is the is one of the two I thought we were going to match on. I didn't okay. think we were going
0: to match on the shallows. That wasn't even on my radar. Okay, interesting. So, um, so 47 meters down is uh it's like the shallows except it's about a uh scuba diver who is stuck in a shark cage. Underwater like she is in a shark cage and she's just scuba diving looking at the sharks But then the chain holding the cage breaks and she ends up 47 meters underwater and uh, it's really interesting the way this plays out because the sharks are like the immediate threat, but she also Can't just swim straight up and they actually have to strategize. How are they going to bring her up from the cage? because She could get the bends if if they just bring her straight up. Like, the water pressure will mess with her head and she could die from it, literally. So, there's. It's a very, like, tedious process to actually bring her out of the water. Uh, Like I said, this is. The plot's almost exactly the same as The Shallows. I don't know that it's a better movie because it's definitely very derivative, but I think it might be scarier. Like, there's shots in this movie that are. It feels like your classic, like, horror movie jump scares, but it's just sharks jumping out of dark water and stuff like that. Um, There's a sequel. Yeah, um, and I don't know. 47 Meters Freed, I think, or something like that. I'm not kidding, because it's, like, outside. It's, like, same situation, but outside the cage. Okay, right. It just sounds like a Fifty Shades thing. I know, I I know. But, but, I mean, uh, I also think, like, the way this movie's written is kind of, like, it's written in a way to kind of mess with you while you watch it and I'll just leave it at that so to not put any spoilers but I think there's some creative choices in there that make it really enjoyable to watch. I think you should watch it once at least yeah. so yeah. Absolutely. I will I
1: I've been meaning to watch it. I just yeah. I heard some stuff about how like it wouldn't happen because sharks don't exist that low in the water and, and, and stuff and, like and that. I think and that's I'm like, probably don't know true. That,
0: you know like I don't know, yeah. how, you know. I think that's probably true but I think it's also like if you can get past stuff like that, it's really fun. Because it's like, the way it's shot is like a gothic horror movie, sure. but it's underwater. I'm so. a I'm a firm
1: believer that if you're going to break the laws of physics or you're going to do something out of the ordinary in a movie or a television show or anything, as long as you take the time to give me an explanation, I'm willing to just let it go and buy it for the sake of the story you're trying to tell. Okay, I usually let it go, um, no matter how absurd oh. it is.
0: Um, Yeah. I want to say they don't give an explanation. Well, that's that's fine. I just, I'm I'm willing. But thinking about it, you could defend the choices they make. Oh, that's not what I was was talking about. Yeah, but no, I'm thinking about it. You could say there's a very subtle hinted at explanation in this movie, too. Oh, okay. So that's just... This is a quick tangent. Did you ever see the movie uh, Wanted? No, I, I've actually never watched that. Perfect. I know it's like based on a graphic novel and I've
1: heard a lot about it, but but and they and they have the guy like they can they talk about being able to use these superhuman abilities to like like for example, curve a bullet around a room. Mm-hmm. like when you shoot a gun, you can actually get the bullet to arc and hit a target in a different area of the room because you can curve a bullet. They never once explain how it works. Mm. They show them how to physically show them how to do it, but they never explain it. Okay. And if anyone's ever shot a gun before, that's not possible. (laughs) So, I don't... If I, a, I, I had a, my hardest time with the movie is the fact that they were doing things without explanation. Yeah. And
0: I couldn't get like because they're not superheroes. If you had super so, speed, could you move a gun fast enough to give like the bullet a spin to do that? Is that kind of like what the idea is? I don't or? know. The bullet already spins because of the rifling in the barrel. It spins yeah. when it flies.
1: So I don't know. It's just they never it, they never explained it. In the yeah. movie. Um, the one thing I will give that movie credit for is there's a scene in the trailer where uh, one of the characters is driving a Dodge Viper. Uh, they do like a spin-out, open the door, a character curls into a ball, gets in the car because the car picks them up, door closes, and they continue driving. Okay. It's probably a cra- it's a, just this crazy shot, looks like major special effects. That shot, I found out they really did it with a stunt crew. Oh, Cool. Which made me go, all right, I'll give him that one. You know. But, <laughs> right on. Yeah. Um, anyway, so forty-seven meters down. Did you have anything else to say? Trying to. Yeah. Get back that's that's it? about it. Yeah. Okay. Um, my next
0: pick was Deep Blue Sea. Okay. I've never seen this. You've never seen through. this movie. I've seen bits and pieces, but yeah, I don't know. I've never sat down to watch Deep Blue, the, Blue Sea. So. This is this is like Die Hard with Sharks. It really is. It's <laughs> the best way to describe okay. it.
1: Um, It's about a research facility that is under the water in the ocean, like middle of nowhere ocean. They're under the water, like the research facility, they have this floating section on top and then way down below, there's this research facility that's researching um, Alzheimer's with sharks. Like if you increase the if you can increase the brain mass, they can like there's this whole theory that if you increase the brain mass and this adjust these things, you can actually cure out Alzheimer's. Is there a reason um, they're doing it with sharks? Um, it's an issue of like FDA testing and all that kind of stuff, and um, okay, they're. It's you know. Does that make sense? Like there's this, there's Kinda. a reason they're using sharks and it's all they expl-
0: they, they explain it. They though, explain in the movie sure is why it's sharks and whatnot. Because <laughs> I don't want it to be like we could have done this with rats, but hey, let's do it with sharks. <laughs> right. Well. And Samuel
1: Jackson's in the movie. Yeah. Uh, Thomas Jane's in the movie. Um, so they. I, I
0: will say like I do want to watch this because I do like a good under underground facility or underwater facility. So yeah, I mean I need to actually. Sit yeah, down this is and watch a movie. This, this is though. a movie I thought we were gonna
1: um, yeah. match on, but the, because they're increasing the brain mass of the sharks, the sharks get smart. Yeah. And then they try and break free. And they, because it's an under, it's a facility that has, like, actually has, like, underwater fencing to keep the sharks in the facility. Yeah. Um, they get inside because there's a water breach, so now there's water inside the facility, and the sharks can swim around in these rooms and, you know, areas. And everyone's basically just trying to get back to the surface. So it's, like, a horror movie about sharks that's, yeah. like, the sharks are the monsters, but we, you know what I mean? It's, right It's, on, a, it's yeah. a real good, cool, like... Almost Frankenstein, Create Monster, that kind of nonsense. Yeah. It, yeah. It's
0: cool, yeah. It's like, or like you said, uh, Die Hard. It's almost like a Resident Evil with sharks, too, like the yeah. first movie you could think yeah, of. That but way, but yeah, but it's
1: it's 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 a lot of fun and it's ridiculous, and it's like one of the perfect shark movies. And it's, Parks and Rec has this great moment where one of the characters finds Deep Blue Sea on like this bookshelf in yeah. someone's house and like trying to help them move. And they're just like, "This is the greatest movie. We're watching it right now." And they're like, "I've seen, I've seen that episode. That's yeah, what no. Really you, hilarious. I, in all seriousness, everyone needs to see Deep Blue Sea yeah. because it's great. And mm-hmm. it's actually been on a lot because it's Shark Week. So, <laughs> um, sweet. All right. So I have a feeling we match on our last pick of the night. Yeah. Um, I. We've talked about this many
0: times. Do you want to tell us what that is? Yeah. Because otherwise, um, I'm going to be wrong. I'm like, wow, like. My you're... last pick is Shark Tale, and I think. No, I'm <laughs> just kidding. It's I've actually never seen Shark Tale either. If I did, I probably would have made my list. But uh, no, my last pick is Jaws. Um, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I don't know what more we can say, but you can't say enough about this movie because it's great. So we've talked about Jaws many times for various reasons. It's come up on our summer list. It came
1: up on our Spielberg <laughs> list. It's Jaws is probably the greatest shark movie in ever yeah um, I mean there's like no arguing there's, with it, there's, really. there's no arguing it's just phenomenal we can talk until we're blue in the face again but it's such an amazing movie we talked about it a little tonight because I had to talk about Quinn's story for that other movie I was talking about yeah um but, yeah, in all seriousness, everyone go watch the movie Jaws. This is a perfect time because it's a summer movie. And pools are closing, so if it scares you out of the... Pools are closing very soon. Labor Day is coming. <laughs> so if it scares you away from the water, there's not much more time left to swim. Definitely. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, so here's what we're going to do next week. Peter and I have been discussing this for a while. We've been discussing uh, like a format to handle this. We think it's time to actually uh, tackle this subject So for the next four weeks, so this is four weeks, four lists in a row, we're going to be tackling Disney as a film company. So we're going to be doing our top – overall, we're going to get our top five favorite Disney films. But we understand that that's such a giant category because you have animation, you have live action, you have Pixar, all these things. We're going to break this down into three categories. So we're going to do our top five live action Disney films. We're going to do our top five Disney animation films. We're gonna do our top five Pixar films, and then we're gonna take those resulting fifteen films and do the final week top five Disney as a whole. Does that make sense? hmm Okay. Yeah. Do you have any and questions are,
0: that? So okay. They let's do discuss not, the rules yeah. and we'll reiterate rules. Do these as we movies go. have to be theatrically released? Yeah. Like could okay. I'm, Fair enough. I, so thought, I thought about if that I wanted and I was to, like... like, Return of Jafar could be on my... Yeah,
1: I thought about that something. and I was like, you know, if we do theatrical release, someone playing at home might be like, but wait a minute, what about the Disney rom-coms and all that stuff that hit the Disney Channel? Because those are actual, like, straight to Disney... Like, High School Musical was a straight oh, to Disney God. Channel movie. I... Okay, I'm just
0: laughing because I didn't think I didn't even think about the Disney original, like Disney Channel. So
1: like, for example, that
0: is so funny. So
1: who knows what we're going to be pulling out? But High School Musical was Uh, a straight to Disney Channel movie, and then the other ones were theatrical releases. Okay, you see what I'm saying? Yeah. So I was like, well, it'd be really weird to not be able to include some of these things. And you know what? If you haven't seen a chunk of them, I doubt they're going to top your real favorites when you start looking at the list.
0: Yeah, I just I don't know how I'm going to narrow it all narrow all this down, but. But
1: here's yeah. here's a couple rules that we have to clarify going into these lists because this is this is a monster topic to discuss. Mm-hmm. So, in terms of animation, animation kind of stands on its own. There's animation, right? Pixar is its own category. So, for example, Wreck It Ralph does not fall under Pixar category. It falls under Disney Studios animation.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Okay, and when you start googling these lists and try and looking up what's what, you'll understand and you'll see the breakdown. When it comes to live action, basically any movie with the castle in front of it is a Disney movie. The reason I say that is Marvel Studios makes Marvel movies. Disney may own Marvel, but Disney doesn't make Marvel movies. Marvel Studios does. So Marvel does not count when we do these categories. So if you're playing the home game, Marvel does not count in Disney live action. Star Wars is made by Lucasfilm, not Disney. Lucasfilm is owned by Disney, and they handle marketing just like Marvel, but Disney doesn't make Star Wars movies. Lucasfilm makes Star Wars movies. So, Star Wars is out. We cannot include those. Yeah. Disney live action is Disney live action. So, we're talking Three Musketeers. We're talking Miracle. Remember the Titans. Like, there's a whole, like... Most of us know what Disney live action is. And, you know, if the castle's in front of it... You know, if Marvel was made by Disney, then there'd be a castle in front of the
0: movie. I know there's a couple Muppet movies with the castle in front of it are those Disney movies or not Like Um, are are Jim Henson films are those I would
1: say Muppets count and they fall under live action and I only say that was because at one at some point the Muppets became engulfed by Disney but but not in the same category as like Marvel or Star Wars But then you can't pick Muppet movies before the acquisition then um Let's clarify that offline, and we'll figure that out. Because <laughs> okay. I need to... Because what I want to do... And I only say that because I want to look into it to see how that works. Okay. Yeah. Um, the other thing that I'm going to bring up is there's, a third, there's, a, there's an extra category of Disney that we need to discuss called hybrid films. Okay. Hybrid films are live action and animated films at the same time, a la Mary Poppins, Bedknobs and Broomsticks... Um, Who framed Roger Rabbit? Like we have these hybrid movies. But it it has to be two D animation. Well, either way, it's still it's what's considered it's what
0: Disney refers to as a hybrid film. I just say like, okay, this isn't a Disney film, but like the newest iteration of Ninja Turtles that was released theatrically. Right that movie has four main characters who are all animated characters right but they're 3d but you wouldn't call that a hybrid film no that would just be, so that's why just I said a regular it has to be play. 2d animation
1: well think about <laughs> think about the hybrid film well is, I wonder is there one that has CGI animation um, technically technically ready player one can be considered a hybrid film because of the style of animation
0: yeah it if just think it about gets it, weird the gray area right, of, like, d- right. but you have it, to so. understand that Mary
1: Poppins has the 2D animation and Bed yeah. and Broomsticks is the 2D animation same thing and Who Framed Roger Rabbit is Disney owned but it's not a Disney made film <laughs> Who Framed Roger Rabbit cannot be on your list because it is not a Disney movie Okay. I would allow it to be an honorable mention, but it is not an... So are we doing another week for hybrid films, or is No, what I want to do is, because hybrid films are primarily live action, and then they have the the animation, I'm counting hybrid films in live action for this. Yeah, I think that's absolutely that's That's what I wanted to do in terms of rules. Um, The other two that I'm going to allow in animation is James and the Giant Peach and Nightmare Before Christmas. There, there. There's a weird loophole with the copyright situation where those are engulfed under Disney's, but they're not technically Disney films. But because they fall under this Disney Animation Studio nonsense, because Disney owns everyone now, yeah. Um,
0: those count under animation. No, but James and the Giant Peach would be live action. Is it? It's a hybrid film. Oh, it would be a hybrid. Yeah. It would be. But I don't know if it's, it's mostly animated. Mostly I think it's more. Action. I think it's more animated than it is live action. So see, there's a I couple <laughs> movies we need to talk about. <laughs> I don't offline. think. I don't think that one's gonna make my list either way. It, so, it I mean, wouldn't make my list either way. Either. So maybe so it's a non-issue. A non-issue.
1: I, I between the two of us, I think it's non-issue. But here's what we need to do. So the categories are for the next four weeks. We're gonna do Disney live action, Disney animation, Pixar, and then overall top 5 Disney films. Now here's the catch. Which one do you want not overall Disney, but of the 3 live action, animation, Pixar, which one do you want to do first? Hmm. I don't care cuz either way we're doing all yeah. 3. So feel free to
0: take a pick. I'd say let's do I think we should do live action then first, Pixar, and then animated. But that's just because Is there a reason? I think I just some of those animated Disney classics I just hold in such high regard. I want to. You want to take some rest. more time? That's yeah, totally fine. But, and we uh, all do.
1: So yeah, yeah that's
0: totally fine. But, but
1: I don't. I mean, I'm up for any order too. All right, so. fine. How about this next week? Disney live action films. <laughs> Sounds
0: good. So great.
1: strap in for a lot of Disney talk because the next four lists are Disney. Um, so Disney live action next week, and we'll see what happens. Um, so any other thoughts on any other musings before we go?
0: Uh, not necessarily i'm just feel very daunted <laughs> by this yeah no it's yeah. just it's we've been talking about it for a while that we want yeah. to eventually get to it this is a i think
1: this is a perfect opportunity because aside from frozen coming out this fall which i doubt will end up, frozen 2, which i doubt'll top one of the other animated films yeah or at least top the first one in our opinion I think that this is a perfect opportunity because there's nothing like real daunting that Disney's releasing at the moment. Right on. Um, so uh, with that said, uh, check out our website, top There you'll find all the uh, links to our social media, Facebook, Twitter. Um, you can also find the link to our email if you want to interact with the show, top 5 at gmail.com. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. You can also subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. If you subscribe to us, you will not miss a single episode. And uh, you can review us there. We love Five Stars Reviews, but we understand criticism because it helps us get better and it makes the words we say sound and feel important. Um, You can follow me personally on Twitter and Instagram at Drew3927. Peter?
0: Uh, Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at NinjaPierre, and that's where I will be trying to get Ryan Reynolds to come back to playing Green Lantern for CW's Crisis on Infinite Earths crossover event. And I have a feeling that That would be awesome. Let's see if we can get it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That would be fantastic. All right, for the top five report, I'm Drew. I'm Peter. And we'll see you next week. Thank you for listening.